that to accomplish the mission of God is more important than your position and role. Right. Then, you know, if you don't have that, so to speak, like yeah. if you're like, no, it's my role, I want to hold this, then legacy dies. Right. It like it, it you know, and unfortunately, it's almost like all of the dominoes get knocked over. You start back over and right. you say, well, why? How'd that happen? And it's like, well, there are legacy mindsets are necessary for generations to stand on each other's shoulders. That's if they're is. not there, it's like you knock everyone down and yeah, you say we're going to start over. Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. In this collection of episodes, we are going to talk through legacy and we just started our brand new legacy series. Every year in December, we take time as a church to talk about what we call legacy. We talk about our upcoming projects, we talk about vision, and we take a year in offering. But above all of that, we aim to unpack what it means to have a legacy mindset and how that drives our mission to introduce people to Jesus and disciple them into fully devoted followers. This week on our podcast, our focus is how legacy and generosity are imperative elements of an active pursuit of Jesus. Here I am today with my co-host, Pastor Josh. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm, I'm doing wonderful, and I am so excited to talk about legacy. Come on. Uh, maybe people don't get like too jazzed about it, but I love this time of the year, not For just sure. because it's Christmas, but because as a church, we get to talk legacy. And um, really no uh, better people to bring on to the podcast to talk about that than uh, our lead pastor, Pastor Jesse. Uh, he's back with us again. And we also have one of our founding pastors, Pastor yep. Eric, with us this week. How are you guys doing? Great. It's good, good to be here. Good, excited. I've never done a podcast. Ooh. Hey, first time. It's going to yeah. be amazing. We'll walk yeah. you through it. It'll be all good. Now, I did view my wife had, had done one with uh, another church. and, and Pastor Jay was on. Yeah. 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 Oh, she beat yes. you to it. Wow. Yeah, so, she so, did a great job. So did so she give know. you some tips before you came no, on? No, I did. Um, cold turkey. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, it's going to be awesome. But listen, be it that we're looking out the window right now as we record, and it might be one of the most dimmest, darkest, rainiest, nastiest days. Yes. We always start with a, with a kind of get-to-know-you question, an icebreaker. Today's question is, looking outside and seeing how bleak it is, mm. where's one place that you would go right now on vacation? Ooh. One spot. If you could hop, hop on a plane anywhere, where would you go? Florida. Mm. Flo Why Easy. Florida? Uh, it's within the United States of America. <laughs> okay. And... Um, no, I, whenever I think about going places, I always think about who I'm going with and okay. who I would meet there. Okay. So I, I don't know. I've traveled sometimes by myself and it's been fun, but it's yeah. nothing like traveling with people that you love. Mm. And so I don't think I could convince my wife to leave the States <laughs> right now. So maybe, yeah, yeah, I've, you know, know people in San Diego or Florida, so I'd probably go there and yeah. they're not, well, Florida's not a long flight mm -hmm. No, and the weather's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, definitely. come on. I, for me, it's not so much the the destination it's traveling to the place oh, you want to go no. so i i enjoy driving so if i have the option i would mm -hmm. drive wow anywhere in the continental u.s just wow. just roll anywhere. a dice you got you got to go. give me a place though you can't just say anywhere in the continent where would uh, you, you know, drive I, I, Road trip. Uh, uh, pastor jay and i took a a fall ride this year into upstate pennsylvania Ooh. and just watched the nice. colors the leaves yeah. turn did and, a train right did the train ride oh, wow. went That's in fun. some old villages and and stuff so that was a lot of fun right now now it was actually snowing a little bit and then we did that a few weeks ago mm, so i yeah. don't know if i'd go to the snow area right now right probably head down south right somewhere wow someplace warm someplace sunny 
some place where you can be outside without a jacket. I yeah. think that Oof. would be cool. Nicolette, yeah, where would you dream. go? Uh, you're like the maybe the, the biggest traveler out of this I table. I don't think that's true. Oh, I think it's I've true. I've barely been out of the country. No, but you go a lot of places. I've been to Canada. That is amazing. I don't. That is amazing. I don't think she wins, Josh. I don't think I win that one. I mean, I've been on a big national park kick for the past five years. So, uh, Northern California, Yosemite has been next on my list. That's a great place. Been there. Yeah. Mm. My wife is always trying to convince me that we need to take a family vacation out to like Yosemite. um, Yes. One of those big national parks out there. It's beautiful. But hey, we can all we can all dream. Not today. But what's, maybe your, soon. what's yours? Um, I'm gonna go with my wife's. She wants to go to like Yosemite. Oh wow! We can I mean, go honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably say There's something like shit. But we also really uh, we've been watching a show that's based in Montana. I'm not gonna say the, mm-hmm. the name of the show, um, mm, but maybe you yes. might know it. Mm. So she's always talking about going out to Montana as well and just you gotta you seeing gotta, the I'll natural landscape. You have to go to Glacier National Park. Glacier. Oh, not, not Glacier. Yellowstone not National Park. Glacier is very. My uncle lives um, in Montana, and so he's about forty-five minutes, maybe a little bit different, but from Glacier National Park. I have to tell you, I've been there a few times. Incredible. Yes, it's incredible. Beautiful. Yeah, it's nothing like it. But Glacier over Yellowstone for sure. They're like they're like five hours apart. Yellowstone's small. I could we could do a whole podcast of national parks. (laughs) I will dork out on national parks in the future. We'll be talking about national parks. Excited about exactly. All right, all right. Well, we got to rein it in. Let's move on. We uh, we already highlighted the fact that we're going to be talking about uh, legacy, um, and you guys are so well positioned um, to speak into that. One, just obviously um, with your position um, in leadership over our church, but also because you guys just have so much experience, I think, in this in general. But we typically talk about uh, the concepts of vision and legacy, and sometimes people kind of combine those into one thing. But what is the difference between a church with a vision? Uh, and a church that also is legacy minded. Yeah, I think, you know, vision and legacy are, they're bound together. Like they're connected. I would say there's like an intrinsic connection between the two because you can't talk about legacy without talking about vision. And you really can't in its totality talk about vision without talking about legacy. I mean, I suppose you could, it, it would just have an end date or an expiration date to it. Mm. Um, with the vision you have, but um, when I think of vision, I think of it's it's the it's not just a concept of what you see and what you believe God is speaking you to accomplish or bringing you to the place to accomplish, um, but it's more immediate in its in its in its touch, right? Mm. And you may not fulfill the entire vision you have in a lifetime, but it's you will experience some of it, yeah. where. The legacy isn't so much about what you accomplish in the now as much as what you're willing to leave for the generation um, that is yet to come. And I think that changes your outlook on how you approach things. Mm. You count the cost. The pace is different. Um, You're not so rushed into just accomplishing something just for the sake of accomplishing it. Right. Um, If you think about building a house, it's like we could build it out of trash bags and it would work mm. right for a season or whatever but you're like i can't leave this to a to a generation to come yeah it's like i think all of the 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 way that you approach it the pace that you approach it the timing the thought process the scriptures t- t- tell us to count the cost before we begin anything yeah. and um and obviously the impact it always goes back to people um and so we're going to be talking about 
the vision of this house, which is obviously there's tools in that and the tools right. would be facilities, buildings, locations, and different things like that. But again, they're just tools to help us not only accomplish the vision or advance the message of God, but it's to leave a legacy for generations to come so that they can experience what we're experiencing today. That's really good. Pastor, what, what do those look like in relationship to like obedience to the Lord? Well, I, I, you know, just kind of jump on what Jess said and, and follow up on what you, you asked there is that vision, there's, there's sometimes small visions where you can see it in a lifetime and mm. in a big vision, you won't see it in your lifetime. And yeah. that's where the legacy comes in, where you leave it for the next generations to follow through on that vision. So yeah, if right. you look at David, the story, great story of David, yeah. he had a vision of the temple, building right. the temple to the Lord. And uh, so he never got to do that, but he got to leave a legacy. Mm. Remember, uh, he went and collected all the gold and yep. the lumber, and he lined up everything for the yeah. next generation. Yeah. So I think that's the two of them you can't separate. I mean, you can have a vision, vi vision, but have no intention to follow through, therefore yeah. mm -hmm. never establishing a legacy. Or you could be like David, you have the vision, and you say, hey, I want to be part of this, even though I'll never see it right. take mm -hmm. place, but I'm leaving a legacy so that vision can follow through. And I think that's what we're doing here at True North. We have a, a vision, a big vision, yeah. and uh, the vision is bigger than our finances, but yet that's where God can do what he does in encouraging us to leave that generation, uh, leave that legacy for the next generation. That's really good. We often also talk about legacy as there's an individual component to legacy, and then there's also this collective nature of legacy. Obviously, we want to encourage um, both of those aspects. It's like mm. encouraging people to live a lifestyle of legacy on their own, but also what that cumulative impact looks like in relationship to being part of this family of True yeah. North. Can you speak to that a little bit of how that works together? Legacy is a conviction like anything else. So if you, um, it's very, very difficult to borrow convictions and to adopt them in the, in just a season of life, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. if someone says, hey, Josh, prayer's important um, and you should pray, if you don't carry that, um, you may carry it in the environment that's telling you it's important, right. but you won't take it home, right? Right. And so you'll pray at church because everyone says prayer's important, but you won't have a deep enough conviction to carry it home and prayer won't exist in your home. Yeah, You won't pray with your kids, your, mm -hmm. your, your spouse, and... And so when it comes to legacy, the, we talk about legacy in a collective environment, but the, the heart of it is that people would have a conviction with it. That's good. There's a reason we have a legacy trust to help people leave an inheritance to their, um, to their children's children, and we partner with financial planning ministries. There's a reason that we have people like Joe Sengel come on an annual basis to help people how to steward their finances. We yeah. have this long-term desire to help people steward what God's blessed them with, and ultimately build in people this conviction um, that legacy matters. And if you don't have it in a internal or maybe in a in a home, yeah, it's really hard to convince people why it's important to have it in church. Right. It's like, oh, well, yeah. this matters. And then the problem is, is then no one, then people see other things at a higher priority, which is where things get off track. And I think right. like when you talk about we're having, we always have a legacy offering. It's so easy for someone to say, oh, it's for a building, it's for a property, it's for this. Right. And they say, oh, it's like a money raising thing. And we're like, well, no, no, mm -hmm. not really. We need finances to accomplish this, but that's not the compelling goal for the end. Right. Like um, if if we, and we believe we'll, we'll receive the necessary um, 
finances to accomplish what we have in our heart. But the end goal is not to just receive finances. Yeah. The end goal is to leave mm-hmm. a legacy of a house of God that carries a message that impacts not only the current generations, but generations to come. Um, and that's why, you know, as we've started and continue to go through this series, if you don't carry that individually, yeah. I don't think you save with a generation in mind. I don't think you plan with a generation in mind. Right. Um, that when you think legacy minded, it, it actually will affect everything in your life. Yeah. Wow. Everything. For sure. But Pastor, how do you see that like there's a financial component to legacy, but there's also this spiritual component? And I think those are really important. Again, like vision and like legacy, those are intertwined. Yeah. But but how do we make sure that the the spiritual legacy is as important as the yeah, financial and, legacy? And so I, I think you can look at it. So the greater division you have, the more people and the more people on team. We always talk about team here. And I love building team, being involved in sports. Right. Most of us have yeah. been you know, the excitement of seeing a team work together. Well, uh, with the vision, the greater vision, greater team you need to, for people to buy into to right. see that fulfilled. So uh, let's take evangelism for one. So we have a, a, a desire for van- evangelism. Yeah. That doesn't really take finances in per se of you going out and sharing the gospel. Right. And so the more people you have, the more greater. So the finances become maybe a secondary thing. But mm. in that very act of evangelism, we're inviting people out to the house of mm. God. Right. We want a place for them to grow. So in that call of evangelism, that vision, right. we need a legacy to, to to be the engine to make it work. So right. uh, it's hard to separate um, you know, the component that finances from the spirituality because i think they kind of blend together because we know that where our heart is is where we're spending our money it's our treasure you know and and uh you and i know that for my grandkids there's a lot of good things i can do for them but probably one of the best things i can do for them is is sow a legacy spiritually right and then personally but also uh having a place where they can come every Wednesday night, the teenagers mm-hmm. hearing mm-hmm. the word of God and, and meeting other Christians every Sunday and every, you know, cre- just to create an atmosphere where yeah. that legacy takes place. That's good. It's almost like sustaining um, this place of biblical community, right? So like oh, yeah. We, yeah. what starts in the home is important, yeah. right? What we do as parents, even to instill Christian values, biblical values in our kids at home is very important, yeah. but you also want them to experience that in community with other people. Oh yeah. And so this is a place where we see that not just happening in the now, but for our children and our children's children and the generations beyond that. Um, As you reflect on legacy, what are some of the maybe most poignant examples that you can think of of legacy right now represented in the life of this church family, or maybe even um, things in your family that maybe are now just part of a legacy that was started, you know, decades ago. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, my father alluded to it. I mean, he he says, you know, big vision requires generations. Um, I mean, you could have a vision and it could be a one generation thing, but if you're like, no, I, this is beyond me, um, then you need a lot of people in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, cripe, I guess you give a quick, I'll give a quick like just history um, of our family, but um, my great-great-grandfather on my mother's side was a Methodist minister for over 18 years in Pittman. Mm. Um, my great, or my grandfather um, planted an Assembly of God church in Sewell 
in the late 70s, early 80s with my father. Mm. Um, and in 2006, my father and my mother um, felt really compelled and called by God. And I always say my father's age because I think it's important, the timing of it. But he was 52, right? Mm -hmm. and, and Young man. Yeah. <laughs> still, still young man. Still young man. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, and felt compelled that God had called him to start Trinor Church. Well, if he, he, you've probably heard him share the story before, but he says, you know, he asked God, he just wanted five families. He didn't want facilities and properties to be an issue, finances. He, you were asking God a fair bit of questions, and you felt the Lord said, okay, okay, okay. And when we started, it was with just uh, five families, mainly just immediate family, right? Like, mm. um, but then the church slowly started to grow. But even from the inception, from the very, very, very beginning, we didn't despise the smallness of what we saw right. because we knew God had called us or was birthing something very big. And so yeah. we never allowed ourselves to like talk, act, live, prepare as if this was just going to be a one and done thing. Right. And so that increases the level of commitment, determination, tenacity, just say, no, this is, this is for generations to come. Fast forward 2015. So eight years, right? Dad? Um, and actually, it was probably a few years before that my father had me preaching maybe 50, 60% of the time. And um, and I just thought that's just because he didn't really, you know, want to speak that much. <laughs> and he was being generous in equipping me and helping me grow in my communication. And yeah. and um, then he goes, hey, you know, in a few years, we'll, we'll pass the baton. Now, in my head, I'm like, no, nah, that's way too soon. Because um, I really like just being, you know, my father's go-to guy yeah well then um in 2012 i was married i don't know if that was what you were waiting for but probably part of it and um and uh <laughs> i got married in 2012 but actually even before that you felt like the lord told you eight years right yeah yeah that was um and well i think even there again you know you you have certain um things that you didn't see went well and yeah. that was one of my big things to the lord i said i don't want to be a pastor forever yeah. and i don't want to hang on forever yeah yeah you yeah. know, and, and unfortunately good. we see a lot in the ministry, what they say, 94% of the pastors stay too long, right? 2% leave too early. And I think the yeah. rest go when it's right. And I think that, and that was when the Lord just spoke to me and said, Hey, give me good eight years. Yeah. And not that I, well, I just more or less felt that eight years leading, not getting out right. obviously, yeah. cause I feel now my, right. my calling is a whole different mm -hmm. calling. Yeah. It's You're not still a, here. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not a lateral move. It's, it's kind of going up and, and it right. is interesting you know. too, to even to talk about that. Like the, I remember when we were talking to pastors about how do you best, you know, this transition of from father to son, what does it look like? And we, we ran into some very Josh mm. peculiar, Nico peculiar conversations. For like sure. people were, well, don't think that's the best idea. Right. Some comments were, well, the church has grown. Why would you do that? Or this, right. you yeah. have this. Well, or you could just... hang on well, for another 10 years. I said, well, exactly. Who wants to hang on? Um, right. you know? And I think, but the, the whole thing in being, and this is back to vision and legacy minded, yeah. right? So, in 2015, when my father passed the baton, there was already this commitment to the duration and longevity of the church of my father that he had passed to me that was now instilled with me and understand the importance of, this is hard. You, If mm -hmm. you care about generations, yeah. you give generations a voice. 
you understand that they have a role to play now. Right. That there's a place for them at the table now. Right. Yeah. It's not this, hey, wait till you have gray hair, and then all yeah, of a sudden we'll good. say, hey, you have a seat at the table. Yeah. Um, and I don't necessarily know why that happens the way it happens. It could be because of insecurity. It could be because of desire to maintain control or power. I, I'm not certain, and I don't want to make generalizations about individual um, situations, but... Um, I just knew in my father's heart, it was never about standing on a platform. It was never about being in charge. It was never about, you know, having a big building or having a ton of people. I mean, we never say that anyone in in our church, if you talk here, pastors talk to us, say there are people. I don't ever feel, I've Mm. never felt that anyone that comes to church is someone that I would look at and say, you are my you know, you are part of my flock, so to speak. You know what right, I mean? Right, We're yeah. all children of, of God. Yeah. You know, they're not my people. We are his people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. And um, whoever he entrusts in the season, um, whoever he in, uh, entrusts me to care for as a shepherd while they're here, I'm going to care for them. And that was the heart that my father had. So as you move forward from 2015, when my father says it wasn't like a lateral or a down, it really wasn't. And this is the unique thing of the yeah. spiritual implications you were talking about. Right. In the earth, we we assign authority and titles in this sense of, oh, well, you're the executive or senior, you're the lead, you know, and we we give all them. But, you know, the influence and the spiritual leadership that exists in a family, mm. I mean, it resides with the fathers, the grandfathers, mm-hmm. the great grandfathers and grandmothers and great grandmothers. And right. and there's a real spiritual significance to that. And so my, just because my father wasn't on the platform speaking on Sunday, mm. um, it's funny because most people ask, they say, oh, what does your dad do? And I smile. I'm like, he's such a pioneer, visionary, legacy-minded man. And if you had any idea about the structure of how we operate he has even more influence now mm-hmm. than when he was in his role in yeah. prior to 2015. And people would say, well, what, is, what does that mean? It's like, you don't, when you step out of a role, it doesn't mean you step out of your calling, your anointing and anything yeah, else. He's still operating in that, always has. Yep. Um, it's just interesting how people perceive it, right? We, we do it in a way that's very kind of like hold on to like, well, I don't know if it's the right timing. I don't know. Everything that I felt I was insecure or lacked to take on the lead role, he would always remind me, I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to yeah. be right here. And so there's almost like that pillar of security saying, hey, I'll be in the front row. I'll sit in every service you preach. I'll be here on Sunday if you have questions about it. And so what does that do? It, it creates this sense of strength in the family, yep. stability. It doesn't allow me this. You know, I think a lot of young pastors, I, I don't know how they do it successfully without allowing like pride, you know, arrogance, insecurity to overtake them, you know, but if you have a father figure in your world that can walk with you, it really helps balance that in a healthy perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I don't know how many people view it the way that they do from the outside, but from an internal perspective of of a family, um, and you guys know, you're here. Right. Um, he's the father, Pastor Jay's the mother of the house, and yeah. that's the spiritual implications. Right. Yeah, and, and right. even you know, getting the family as you raise, and for you or the parents, and you raise children, um, you're excited to see them learn to take their first steps. 
mm-hmm. go to school, go to college, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, and, and do whatever they do in life, and, and you're excited about that. That's well, great. I think that has to pass the spiritual thing, because there's your spiritual family, too. Yeah. Right. And that's sure. where, for me, the vision that we basically had you know, will be expanded by every generation. But the excitement that I have, and, and I know Pastor Jay has, is to see the generation that you guys are in step up into the positions that right. God's called you to be mm-hmm. right. and excel. That's good. So then, you know, I get excited and say, yeah. Hey man, my kids, you know, even right. you know, spiritually or biologically yeah. or whatever, right. doesn't matter. You see them succeed so and, uh, that's, you know, that's press on to that vision. No, that's incredible because I think just sitting here and listening to you guys talk, it's like clear to me that, that a healthy transition is so important to Vital. maintaining a yeah. legacy. Vital. Uh, Vital. And we've seen that yeah. go wrong in other places. Legacies you know, don't, things. but I, isn't it it's fascinating Very too good. because like legacies only endure if like selflessness is in it. And I've learned that right. from my dad. Like if there's not a real genuine heart that to accomplish the mission of God is more important than your position and role. Right. Then, you know, if you don't have that, so to speak, like yeah. if you're like, no, it's my role, I want to hold this, then legacy dies. Right. It like it it you know and unfortunately it's almost like all of the dominoes get knocked over, you start back over and right. you say well why how'd that happen, and it's like well their n- legacy mindsets are necessary for generations to stand on each other's shoulders. That's if so they're good. not there, it's like you knock everyone down and yeah. you say we're going to start over. Yeah, yeah. That um, is, that's so good. I think even in the sense of like being a cheerleader for the next generation, right? right? Not saying hey we want you to operate off the fumes of whatever we did, yeah. but it's really yeah. empowering yeah, you sure. and then cheering you on so that you are stepping into that season. And I, you know what the one thing's too, like I'm not, I, I agree with you. I think though I have a little bit of a reservation to use the word cheerleader, although mm. I've used it in the past, so I'm yeah. not like critiquing <laughs> you for that. But the reason I would push back now is because I'm someone on the other side of it. Right. And if anyone were to describe my father or other men in my life that have been as like just a cheerleader, I would yeah. be like, ah, no, no, no. They're, they're way more than that. We're reducing um, that role. <laughs> yes. It's a reduction in the way that yeah. we view them. Right. And often if a person views himself as stepping from a leader to a cheerleader yeah. in the sense of the encouragement yeah. side of it, that's all I do. Well, that's then, really and then it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's a step down. The, like I, I said, the influence, the weight that not only I put into his insight his comments his right. wisdom it does it helps shape the trajectory and the direction of this house right i don't put that in many voices yeah um and the voice that he brings to the table man it has so much weight to it um whether i wanted to add the weight to it or not it right. has natural weight to it from the anointing and the blessings and the leadership that he carries so when pastor e comes in the room pastor jay come in the room you guys know this yeah there's there is a spiritual thing into it and I think when you refuse to acknowledge that, like I know I've heard people say, well, when the pastor passed the baton, he just, he left. Hmm. And I I, I do. I, I, man, that makes, I, I. Well, and I think the reason being is. I get disappointed. Yeah. Well, the reason being is I think some people view, we have a very interesting view of the body of Christ and we use this word family a lot, but we really mean it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that may mess some people up. We're not a denominational structure that says every eight years we're going to move you. This is where you're going. Right. Like this is our home. This is where we're planted. We right. believe to be here for a few hundred years, like whatever, you know? Yeah. And so we're planning, preparing, praying, 
in such a way that helps us make the decisions that we make. And so I don't know. I just imagine that, right? Like yeah. if your father's like, hey, I'm going to give you the company business. And you're like, oh, great. But I'm, I'm going to move four states away just because I can't bear to watch you lead it. And you're like, oh. But again, sometimes it's a mindset of how you view authority and leadership in the church. Um, we have a very family-minded approach to it. And mm. we believe that in order to build generations upon one another, it's necessary. Right. Yeah, it's good. Um, no, I, And I love how we just jumped into a really healthy leadership discussion and principle <laughs> as well. Um, but what you said, I think, was really germane specifically to even like, let's take the pom-poms of cheerleader away. Um, the one thing I, I learned from Pastor, even in that transition, is just the spirit you carry mm. in wanting to see the next yeah, generation sure. succeed. Yeah. Not necessarily even because you care about how people view you, but because it's their time to continue what you sewed into and to yeah. amplify that even further. Take we, it to the next you level. You know, we all want to do well, right? Yeah. And so anyone that gives is given a level of leadership, you have that innate thing in you like, oh, I want to do well. I want to make my dad proud. I want people to think that I don't suck at what I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. For any of us, right? We all feel the same way. Right. But in that, you can lose the underlining principle of what we're actually called to accomplish, which is the advancement right. of the gospel, to introduce right. people to Jesus and disciple them. Right. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. But you're like, no, you're not. You're consumed with all these other fringe things. Mm -hmm. and that's why I think family is so important. It helps fight away the pride, the insecurity. And you say, well, how practically does it do that? I would say that the transparency and vulnerability and authenticity in which we can have conversations yeah. in this church and within team allows us to address things almost before they become an issue. Right. We can talk about them right away. And we come together, um, you know, I guess it said like, there's no meeting after the meeting, right? Right? Like, right. hey, the meeting's over. Then we're like, hey, did you believe what he said? Like, yeah. no, yeah. we say it in the meeting. Yes. And there's a sense of transparency in that. You say, well, how does that happen? It's built with trust. And obviously there's a bunch of things, but I think that's a byproduct of a legacy-minded environment that views one another as family. Yeah. Um, that's good. I think, yeah, that's so powerful. I mean, I've told, I've shared my story before, but, um, you know, this church, I got saved in this church when I was 14. Mm. Y'all were the only Christians I knew. Yeah. Like this was it. Yeah. Like I didn't go home to Christians. I didn't have a parent. I could ask about the Bible. I didn't have right. a grandparent. I could ask, like that was like when I came here, you know, without a license trying to get rides, this was it. Like <laughs> yeah. this was my spiritual family and it still is. And that to me is like, you know, part of this legacy and i know there's some people listening who might be in that season now where yeah. they yeah. um and to myself i don't have children like yeah. so this is this is there's such a spiritual aspect to legacy yep. that maybe yeah. in your season it doesn't seem practical That's like good maybe right now you don't um have the spouse or you have the parent or you have the children you don't see it in your home mm. but there's still so much um spiritually yeah, it's, that it's, it's so true like what you're saying is like the power you're helping realign people's perspective in it because when i hear your story your testimony yeah it's like what are we leaving legacy is about leaving right. something you're leaving the ability for someone else to have a testimony like yes. your own yep. right and <laughs> and you're like well why well because that's the greatest thing i've ever received yes. so you're like i'm yeah, willing so you to can't, do what you, i can to leave it for you someone can't else have a legacy without a vision no that's right yeah. and then yeah, you can have good. a vision but it's never carried out with the legacy so um you kind of like yeah they are they're bound they're bound together yeah, i mean are. a true vision and even and we'll even have a, legacy. a healthy legacy versus right. an that's unhealthy right. legacy because i think i've heard you guys say this too is like 
we all leave something behind in a sense, right? Yeah. It's not necessarily that we're forgotten, but we are leaving something behind and we yeah. want to leave something that's God honoring. Yeah. And right. I think that's the thing too. It's like eternal. You, yeah. We were talking about this the other day, like what are you known for, you know, and, and there's a difference between what you're known for and what you want to be and what, and what you want to be known for. I mean, there's yeah. usually a little gap in between, but at the end of the day, it's always like, look, you could build magnificent buildings. You could do all these works. You could reach tens of thousands of people. You could have a bunch of giving. You could, you know, but you always have to ask the question for what? Like, mm. what is it for? Mm -hmm. What are we doing? Yeah. yeah. And if it doesn't run back very powerfully to the center of it's about Jesus, it's about people finding salvation, hope, freedom, fulfillment, and knowing Christ, and then helping them in their family, in their lives, in their journey be discipled to a place of maturity. That's what it's all about. Um, well, and the moment yeah. you start deviating from that, it's a moment when every other little auxiliary idea becomes more important. Yeah. Well, let's do this and let's do that and let's do this. And right. hey, if we did that, and I'm not again, I love creativity in, in that, but that's when I think things start to bleed out in the church is when the things, when Christ becomes secondary to every other yeah. aspect of the church, mm. It's a, it's a slippery slope. But what you just said there, I was just going to ask you the question. So why do we why do we take a legacy offering every single year? I think yeah. you kind of just answered it, but I almost want yeah. you to re-articulate yeah. that. I think it goes back to the beginning of finances. Jesus talks about money so much in the New Testament. People don't yeah. recognize why, recognize that initially, but Jesus talks a ton about it. And if you, you know... There's some great resources we give out. Uh, the Blessed Life is one of them um, yeah. by Pepper, uh, Pastor Robert Morris, and it's incredible teaching, um, not only his testimony and story, but just biblical um, principles that you should know as a believer. Um, and Jesus talks all the time about um, where, in Matthew 6, he talks about, you know, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Yeah. You can't serve two masters. You either, you know, despise the one and love the other or, you know, right. either way. And and so you have to discern who do I serve? Who's Lord over your life? Yeah. And, and so when the Bible says that tithing is a biblical principle that says, I will return to God 10% of my income, my gross income to the house of God. When you say that to some people, you know this, Josh, it yeah. makes their head spin. They're like, yeah. are you nuts? Right. We live in New Jersey, first of all, the property taxes, this tax, you know, all that stuff. But when you understand the spiritual implications of what God's saying in this, he's yeah. saying, if you test me, test mm -hmm. me in it. Yeah. That's why we used to do and still do the tithing challenge. We test people and say, hey, test God in it. You're not testing us. Right. We actually believe that there are divine spiritual principles that regardless of how you view them, you can't alter them. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you can be like, oh, I don't like that. Well, that's fine. You don't have to like it, but it's still true. It's still true. Yeah. And God even says, it's so true that I'm willing to tell you to test me in it. So yeah. test me in this and see if I will not, as it says in, in Malachi 3.10, yeah. pour out the you know blessing from heaven. But I often think, too, where people push back on, on tithes, they'll say, well, Jesus never said anything about it. You need to turn to Matthew 23.23, where Jesus, um, he talks about it. He, he even says, he says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you mm. hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and right. cumin. But you have neglected the more latter, uh, the more important matters of the law: justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So it's interesting because Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, He says, "You tithe, what you do for God, or like what you bring to the Lord matters." Right. He's not saying to never do that, but he's saying you're neglecting some some other things that are more important. Right. Um, 
And so tithing is a principle. I know it stirs people who are far from God and people who even may be in the church right now. You're like, why? Why does? And I, I guess I would just say this one question to someone who's bothered by tithe. Yeah. Why is the discussion about money bother you so much? And the truth is, is because you've yet to surrender it to God. You don't believe it's actually his. Um, and if you did believe that every gift you've received comes from God, um, then you'd be full on willing to say, God, whatever your word says, I'll, I'll be obedient to it. Um, but it's a journey. Everyone's on a journey. That's why I, I'm never critical of someone in, in their journey. If someone is really opposed to something, that's fine. Keep staying in, in your Bible. Keep that's being good. in community. Um, keep digging into the Word of God. Now, offerings are everything above and beyond the 10%. Right. And we have people in our church, um, and this is something I try to do in my life, I'm, and I, I'm looking at my father. He He's modeled this so well. Um, and he believes this principle to, I don't I've never met someone as generous as my dad, but basically mm. you can't outgive God. It's been his life's right. motto right. where it doesn't matter how much you give, no matter how many thousands and tens and hundreds of thousands, doesn't matter how much you, you will never outgive God. Yeah. And it's not only the monetary return, it's the, it's the things that money will never buy. Um, the family, the blessings, the joy, the peace, the fulfillment, um, the promise, you can't purchase that. Um, and so there's a massive distinction between the tithe, the offering. Why do we do um, a legacy offering at the end of every year? Because we believe that there's a tangible way for mm-hmm. us to invest in a spiritual legacy for people. Yep. Yes. And that finances, if viewed in a healthy perspective, we can view them as a tool. And that tool can be utilized to propel the vision of the house, which is to introduce people to Jesus and disciple them um, to generations to come. And that's the legacy component of it. We are willing to sacrifice today for a generation that has yet to even be born. Um, And how powerful of a, and how compelling, right? People coming into a church and they say, wow, they gave millions and millions of dollars for this. And people say, why? Mm. Yeah. Why? We Why have that they... conversation yeah. all the time. People yeah. will come in, even and banks, and they're and like, who's like, that one person? Yeah, who's the one person that underwrites it? And you're like, there are, there is no one. Right. Yeah. There's no one in our church that underwrites the church. It is an army of faithful people no. that sacrifice mm. and give and are obedient to God's word. Um, and the power of what that brings to a to the body of Christ is significant. Now, if everyone gave that was a that was part of the family, uh, the vision would come to pass so much quicker. And that's Josh, I've told you that. It's yeah. like, well, when can we build phase two? It's like the vision comes to pass at the speed of people's generosity and obedience. Right. Right. And right. I, I say the two because sometimes people's generosity can be an offering of significance, which compels it. And sometimes it's just people new in their journey and they're still walking that line. Do mm-hmm. I need to be obedient? Can I just keep mm-hmm. doing what I want? And so there's the obedience and the generosity compelled right. uh, component of that. And as people grow in that, then the vision begins to come to pass. Yeah. I think too, I, I saw on the board as I walked through it, was it right? 790 first time givers this year. Yeah, I think we're over 800 now, but yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty. Yeah. And, and to Almost. me, that's amazing. But there again, it goes back to vision. Yeah. And when I see vision, I get excited. No matter what, it doesn't have to be even a church thing. I, I see something happen. I say, "Wow, this is awesome!" Yeah, yeah. I want to be involved, or and especially the church because this is the eternal thing. I, yeah. And when people come in here, I think they sense this is a church with vision. Yeah, and how can I be a part of it? Yeah, how can I? And like you in? say, they they don't all not people buy into the mm-hmm. tithing right away or offerings or you know beyond yeah. tithing. It, it's it's almost, but it's like you said, it's a journey that. We want God to speak to you. That's why we always yeah. encourage people, 
you know, this legacy off. Pray to the Lord, get yeah. a number. Yeah. And yeah. the Lord's done that to me. And, and I said, wow, where's that going to come from? <laughs> right. And all of a sudden it comes. Well, and, and we don't, when we even see that, that 800 plus first time givers, right? We don't celebrate that as, wow, we have another investor, another group of investors came this week, even that they'll, mm-hmm. although they are making an investment, we're actually celebrating um, them taking a next step and yeah. surrendering their life For sure. to Christ. Right, not just yeah, it's a you step know, of maturity, walking it out. right? It's, it's, it's a, a spiritual of, maturity. And I, you, I've said this before. It doesn't help you. Um, uh, well, I think it's a more of a gauge of the heart. But it's like if you don't want to give, don't give. Right. Don't give because the church tells you to give. Right. It's the worst reason to yeah. give in right. some regard. You should give because you feel compelled by the Holy Spirit. One. And then two, that you have a level of trust in the leadership of the church. Right. And then three, there's a track record of what the church says they're going to do with the money. They actually do mm-hmm. it do what they say they're going to do. Right. And I, I think that's a fair expectation people should have at the church. That's they should true. have a sense of trust in myself and you and my father and the rest of the team. They should say, okay, well, you've had these in the past. What have you done with right. the resources? And I think all of those are fair questions to ask because I think that's them being a good good steward of what God's blessed them with in talking about their offerings. Um, but I think all of it, like when, when Liza and I and our family, we bring a legacy gift you know, when we teach our kids about the principle of tithing, teach mm-hmm. them about the principles of bringing an offering, and then the year-end legacy gift, we talk about the power of life change. Right. Like, hey, we're, mom and dad give so that people's lives can be eternally yeah. changed. Yeah. We give for our friends, our neighbors, our relatives that don't know Jesus yet. That's why we give. Yeah. And right. For people who don't know the power of Christ and the power of salvation and knowing Christ, to them, it's foolishness. Right. It's foolishness to do it. But to those of us who are being saved um, and, power you know, there's the power of God onto salvation. It's like there's something there's something exciting, right? Like I, our church gets fired up <laughs> every year we do this. And I don't expect people who are far from God that understand it. I don't. I don't people feel like, why in the world? Yeah. And that's all right. That's all right. Um, I, I think one of the things we, we, we talked about legacy is generational. And, and I, I can remember as a young boy after my dad came to Christ where uh, we had a fire in our house. We had the insurance settlement to redo the kitchen. And uh, there was a need in the church for a missionary for like $2,500. Mm. And uh, which $2,500 back in the 70s, that was a big deal. You know, yeah. It was a lot of money. And, and uh so my dad got the family together. He said, hey, listen, there's a need in the church for $2,500. We just got an insurance check for $2,500. Right. Um, what do you think? <laughs> and uh... and then all the family, and we were young, you know, yeah. of course I was, you know, in high school at the time, yeah. and, and we all voted, hey, let's give it to the missionary who yeah. needs $2,500. Mm. Wow. Well, that was that was a legacy. Yeah. And yeah. that was a defining moment for mm-hmm. me. I said, wow, wow, this is real. So I try to uh, incorporate that into my raising my children, let them know that we're tithing, let them know that there's beyond mm. tithing, there's offerings. And that's the neat thing about a legacy. Yeah. So if we're willing to pass it on from generation to generation, right. that generosity is contagious. Right. Well, and I love what you said even with that, because there was the the immediate, the immediate impact of legacy and what your father instilled in yeah. you, yeah. right, as his kids. But you don't even know what the right, impact was when sure. you take into account what the missionary accomplished. Oh yeah, because of you sowing into lot, that yeah. and what God wow. was doing through His ministry, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know so. what the kitchen was going to accomplish. That's right. Right. We knew. <laughs> we did eventually through a miracle thing. We did eventually get that uh, money that? back. The kitchen was done. My mom was happy. Yeah. We actually had a table that was big enough to feed everybody yeah. in the family. So it was really cool. Yeah. Both. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that that's a that's a kind of a fitting question to to sort of wrap up with. But like, what is God trying to do in and through us in the area of generosity? Whether that be tithing and committing to take that next step of giving ten percent, whether that be giving above and beyond in the form of an offering or a legacy offering. Like, what is God trying to do in us? And what is he trying to do through us? I always look at a legacy offering as something that reminds the people of God that you're part of something bigger than yourself. Hmm. And we all, you know, if you think about the things you keep private in your life, usually it's your financial kind of like yeah. position, right? You know, you know, most people don't go around saying, hey, I they got this much in this bank account. I got this much. I don't see people posting <laughs> their bank accounts on Instagram. No. And, and why? Because it becomes private. And I think yeah. that's, it's close to people's hearts. And I think God wants to say, hey, listen, the when you bring a gift to a legacy thing, you're 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 part of something not only bigger than yourself, but the message of Christ is the single most important cause on planet Earth. Yep. And I want you to belong to that. I want you to feel. Now, this is the thing. Don't misunderstand in the sense that there's an there's an amount to feel the sense of belonging to it. Some people who bring five bucks, that's all they can afford to bring in an offering, right? And some right. people they can give well beyond that but right. it's never the amount it's the principle of the heart behind what you're capable to give in those seasons and what the holy spirit speaks to you about but i love it it's a powerful gathering together the people of god to say we're willing to invest into something that's eternal that's we're willing to 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 bring back to the house of god uh, an offering a blessing that he's blessed us with so that the message of christ can be advanced and without any type of like I don't know, Josh. I think I break every rule when it comes to campaign mm -hmm. things, yeah. right? Yeah. I do. And, on um, and I, yeah, I don't know if I do it on purpose, but maybe I do. <laughs> but I just, I don't want the church to feel like it's a, um, uh, I don't know what word to use, but like we're trying to, if you give this much, we'll give you this. And if you give that much, no, no, it, it, because I view us as a family. Yeah. Right. And it's saying, hey, I'm not going to, I can't twist your arm. This yeah. is the vision we believe God has for this house yeah. to impact tens of thousands of people and to build right. a a place that'll endure for generations to come and i'm asking you if you want to join us in this in this mission and 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 be part of this legacy and pray to the holy spirit to lead you in it and that's as that's as far as i'm willing yeah. to go because um it's just not i don't know for me it's christ doesn't force us to follow him right. he calls us to and that's if good. you want to be obedient to the word of god open the word of god I know some people, when it comes to finances, like I said, it makes them, you know, makes them lose their mind. But it's just because you haven't placed God Lord over your finances yet, which is all right. Um, some some people need to be pushed into opening the scriptures of it, and some people just need to trust God. I always, my father always used to tell me, I said, I can't afford to do it. He always said, you can't afford not to right. be obedient to God. Yeah. And um, it was just principles he instilled in me as a young as a young boy, and um man, I'm so grateful that I had parents or people around me to show me the way to honor God. Yeah. Because, and this is a cool thing, you reap the blessings and the dividends of honoring God as years progress. Yep. Yeah. And oh, so there's good. so many people that forfeit that because they haven't had people in the world to say, hey, actually, if you want to bless and honor God, this is what you do. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. And, and legacy, we all, we, we all, we all have a legacy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some is plan some are planned, some are not. And yeah. so we want to encourage you to plan your That's legacy. Good. That's good. And make it count. Yes. And then what what a better way to plan the legacy to have God the center of it. Of it. Yeah. That's so good. Well, 
thank you guys that was um that was i'm fired up now let's go i'm like ready to leave a legacy <laughs> ready, ready to give some money i'm gonna go and write my, to, my legacy vision down and yeah, write my vision down it's awesome um you guys said a ton of little nuggets that i'm gonna go through real quick um just as a recap uh legacy isn't now it's next um pastor you talked about this is beyond our lifetime that's what a legacy is it's for the next generation uh we also talked about like, conviction starts in the home and you can't convince somebody of a conviction. It's something that you have to carry individually. Mm -hmm. Financially, practically, what does this mean? Um, why do we give? It's We sustain that biblical community, and we belong to, our, to this family, and to this church, and to this vision. Um, healthy transitions are key to leaving a legacy. That was a massive takeaway um, from today's conversation, that healthy transitions are key to leaving a legacy, whether that's business, mm -hmm. church, family, whatever it may be, those transitions um, from father to son or a person to person are key to that legacy um, sustaining. You can't have a legacy without a vision. And in everything that you do, ask for what? Why am I doing this? Why am I making this decision? Uh, some key verses and some biblical concepts to look over this week. Study the life of David and the temple and the vision and the plan and the preparation he had for that. Um, Matthew 6, Malachi 3.10, and then Matthew 23, 23. And then, of course, a book we always recommend is The Blessed Life by Pastor Robert Morris. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for being on. Pastor E, how do you think Pastor Jay would say you did today? Crush it. She would give me um, <laughs> high, high 80s, maybe. High, high 80s. 80s? Yeah, that's, you know that's, that's, that's impressive, though. Okay. I would say low I'm really 90s, stepping out. Okay, thank you. No, it was an awesome conversation. Oh, my God. Thank you guys always, even just uh, uh, as leaders, just for your transparency and, and just leading our our house and our team that mm -hmm. way. Um, I think that's something that makes our church unique is, um, and, and this is something I'll encourage our listeners in, is that you can ask questions and that's okay. Yep. Yeah. So uh, even as, as we're walking through this series of legacy, if you have any questions, I know our team would love to connect with you. would love to answer those questions, for sure. talk to you, help you take a next step. Um, we're praying for your church as we always do every single week. And um, we want to just remind you that you don't have to wait to Sunday, go right now and be the church.